Hello everyone, this is Sportify. We are going to do one last episode before the Olympics so you can all get caught up on the other ones. And I am here with my friend, Adam. Adam, introduce yourself, say hi. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. So we both have a love for the Olympics. So I'm very excited to dive into this. All right, one thing I wanna go over real quick. Some of you are probably wondering what the Summer Olympics consist of now. And so I'm just gonna list off all the sports, just so y'all know, because some are new, some have gone away. So real quick, we've got three on three basketball. And as Adam just pointed out, the men did not qualify, but the women did for Team USA. We have archery as artistic swimming, artistic gymnastics, athletics, badminton, Baseball and softball are back since 2008. They have not been in the Olympics since then. Regular basketball, beach volleyball, BMX freestyle, which is semi-new, BMX racing, boxing, canoe slash kayak, diving, equestrian, fencing, football, football as in soccer, golf, handball, hockey, judo, karate, marathon swimming, modern, Pentathlon, is it pentathlon? I think pentathlon. it's pentathlon. Mountain bike, rhythmic gymnastics, rowing, rugby, sailing, shooting, skateboarding, sport climbing, surfing. Actually, my cousin does sport climbing and that that's actually really a cool sport. That's um, a super cool sport. So shout out to my cousin. Uh, swimming, table, te- table tennis, taekwondo, tennis, regular tennis, track cycling, trampoline, triathlon, volleyball, water polo, weightlifting, and wrestling. So that is what we have there. We're not gonna go into each and every sport. We're just gonna talk about our top three males and females for certain sports that we pay attention to. Now, I know some of the teams are really small, like archery and uh, basketball, three-on-three, three, you know, it's there's, there's just not that many people on the team. So we did one-on-one for those. And for the three-on-three three women's roster, we have Stephanie Dolson. Oh my God, she's 6'5". <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not uh, short. Uh, an interesting thing to note about all of the three-on-three three women's basketball players is they are all in the WNBA now for a couple different teams. Yeah. Uh, one of them from Dallas, the Dallas Wings, we have a Dallas Wings player, as well as Las Vegas Aces, Seattle Storm, and Chicago Sky. I'm going to go over the NBA 2K and, uh, covers in a separate episode, but Candace Parker is the first WNBA player to be featured on the cover of NBA 2K. And the reason why they have multiple covers, it's because it's 75 years in the making. So we have Alicia Gray, Kelsey Plum, and Katie Lou Samuelson. The shortest is 5'8". <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna dive into the roster a little bit more. So Stephanie, she is with the Chicago Sky. She went to the University of Connecticut. Alicia Gray, Dallas Swings, University of South Carolina. Kelsey Plum, Las Vegas Aces, went to University of Washington. And Katie Lou Samuelson, University of Connecticut, and she is with the Seattle Storm. So what do you think about the addition of three-on-three basketball? 
three on three basketball is it's, it's an interesting addition. It got added with a couple of other sports uh, for the Tokyo game. And it is it is a lot different than what most uh, people are going to be used to. Um, it is intended to be very fast paced, lots of action, uh, and short sprints of energy. Um, so I think that's going to be a lot of uh, fun for people that have never watched it before, such as myself. Yeah, and I remember before this Olympics commenced, I know we were postponed a year, but I remember a lot of people saying, I really want to see three-on-three basketball, but then the men did not qualify. <laughs> so those wishes are not really going to happen. So now we're going to dive in to the list that we were talking about. So I'm going to start with archery. Okay. Uh, so I have three that I picked out. All right. I picked out uh, Brady Ellis, Jack Williams, and Casey Koffel. So tell me, tell me why you picked them. Uh, so uh, they're all phenomenal athletes, as everybody in the Olympics is. Uh, Brady Ellis is a standout athlete. He is one of the best archers in the world and has dominated uh, Olympic archery for a long time. Uh, he started his Olympic career um, way back. Let me see, I had it written down here somewhere. I believe he goes all the way back to the 1996 games. Uh, you can track his victories. Yes. Um, yeah, Brady is actually super popular in the archery world. And I got wind of him back in London. And I watch, I've been watching him ever since. And that guy, <laughs> he's really, really good. And archery is yeah. hard. That's why there's not that many people in it. It's because it's really hard. Yeah, and the last time that uh, archery, because of the COVID pandemic, had a world championship was in 2019, and he did place first overall in the world. So he's the defending world champion. Yes, absolutely. And for the audience, as Adam just said, number one defending world champion and world record holder, he had the greatest year of his career in 2019. So he actually had a lot of injuries, and he overcame those and reached a podium at every single World Cup event, including winning two stages and becoming the first man in history to win five World Cup final titles in archery. That's just crazy. Yeah, and uh, another little tidbit about him, he was the the first athlete ever to shoot a perfect 900 score uh, yes. in an Olympic, in an Olympic uh, capacity. Yes, That was absolutely. just in 2020. He is uh, primed to win gold. Absolutely, and he won the first U.S. men's recurve world title since 1985, and that ended a 34-year drought. And he won Team Silver at the last two games in London and Rio, and an individual bronze in Rio as well. So how archery works is you represent the team, but you can also represent yourself individually for your personal rankings. So, like you said, perfect 900 round score with the Olympic recurve, and he said that was his greatest accomplishment in archery. Moving on to Casey Coffey. So, what do you think of her? Well, she's she's uh, pretty amazing. She's just 17 years old uh, and uh, is making this huge appearance in Tokyo. Um, you know, she she is one of many young athletes that are representing the United States this year. 
uh, and I have no doubt that uh, she is going to do fantastic. Yeah, and we are seeing a lot of next generation Olympians in this Olympics. I've seen multiple people, 15, 16, 17 now, especially in the gymnastics world. But here's the thing, the one year postponement actually aged up a few people and they were not originally going to qualify for Tokyo 2020 because they were not old enough, but now they are. So it's kind of interesting because some people are like, well, I guess I'll go now. <laughs> um, <laughs> thought I had a whole other four years to wait, but I'll go now if, I, if I'm good enough, you know? And at trials, a lot of the younger ones, you know, aren't gonna qualify with the big, big names, but for swimming and diving, wow it's really going to be interesting because these are our future olympians absolutely absolutely and and they're not out there by themselves there was some of the some of the most established uh olympians that the u.s has ever had right so we might have a super super young um swimmer but they're right there next to katie ledecky or you know in this case we have a 17 year old um Olympic archer who's going to be shooting alongside um, another archer who is the current number one world uh, record holder for women. So yes. they have lots of people to look up and guide them through uh, what will be an experience of a lifetime. Yeah, and also archery is very big in all of the other nations. That's actually a very widespread sport and we always seem to go against China in archery. So who was the last person on your list for that? Uh, the last person on my list for that was uh, Jack Williams. Okay, so talk about him a little bit. Okay, so uh, Jack is another one of the um, one of the male athletes that'll be representing the US. He's currently 21 and he is ranked ninth in the world. Uh, at the end of the 2019 season um, and this will be his first time uh, at the Olympics but he is not uh, new to the big stage he competed in one silver at the last world youth championship moving on to gymnastics now I'm not gonna do a whole gymnastics episode like I usually do <laughs> um, I'm just gonna say the top names maybe talk a little bit about them and that's it um, okay, I'm going to let you run with this. I know this is your okay, okay. <laughs> area of expertise. Um, it is. So for my top three males, and as we know, as I explained a couple episodes back, the team selection is actually one of the dumbest systems because they changed it that I've ever seen, and they're going to change it back to how it used to be for Paris 2024 because they realized, oh, this is stupid. And five gymnasts so four team spots for the women plus an individual specialist spot this does not include the alternates for the men kind of the same thing they just have way more alternates because they have more apparatuses so for my males i put sam mccullough this is his third and final olympics he went to the university of michigan he is my favorite male gymnast of all time <laughs> and he has been a big advocate for mental health and how he used to think that gymnastics was the thing that was the problem, but it actually was himself. And so he did a complete 180 and changed his mentality. And now, you know, he's so much better and it's so great to watch. Cause as I said last time, we need to talk more about athlete mental health, especially with these elite level sports. This is not like, yes, we're doing the team score, 
but this is not really a team sport. Very individualized and hard on your mentality, your your physicality, and everything. So we just need to talk about it more. He got third place at the U.S. Championships, I believe, third or fourth. Brody Malone won that, and Brody Malone also won trials. Sam fin- finished third. Yule Moldauer finished second. Shane Wiskus fourth. It was a huge battle during trials. Actually, that was one of the best Olympic trials I had ever watched for the men. So Sam Akulak had a rough day in the championships. He went from seventh place all the way up to third. Not only because a lot of other people made mistakes, but he got much better on his routines. And there were a couple times, especially like on parallel bars where he could have just let go of the bar, but he fought through it. And it's that perseverance, that kind of attitude that I like. So that is why he's on, he's number one on my top three for a male gymnast. Number two, Brody Malone. Also, just one more thing about Sam McCulloch. He has a great personality and after he does well, he, you know, screams and he rips his shirt off, you know, like he's just very emphatic and very excited to be there. Now, because that would be me if I was there. But on the other hand, Brody Malone is very stoic and very calm, cool, collected under pressure. After he finishes an amazing routine, it doesn't even look like he did anything. And his face is just blank, <laughs> um, doesn't show any emotion. I get that that is a mentality for many athletes and that works for him but I kind of want to see a little bit of excitement. It's the Olympics, you're doing really, really well. You're in first place. Show me, show me the love. (laughs) But that's not how everyone works. So he came out of nowhere. He was at the top of this pile in junior gymnastics because there are junior and senior levels based on your age and your capabilities. And, but like I said, I don't really watch the juniors until they become seniors because they're just gonna grow up anyway. So why, why would I do that? And he represents Stanford University, absolutely came out of nowhere and dominated the sport. Incredible. He's only 5'6", by the way. Now he may do great in the Olympics, like predicted, but he could also fall. So it's gonna be interesting. Um, and my third, is Shane Wiskus. Now, the reason why it's not Yule Moldauer is because Shane Wiskus and Yule have been in the same position for the same amount of time. And I feel like Shane is just putting a little more effort, not disparaging any of the effort that the other male gymnasts are doing, because Yule is obviously very good, but I don't know, there's just more heart, more soul in the gymnastics, and that's kind of how I like it. You can't be 100% technical all the time. That's why it's called artistic gymnastics, even for men. So they want to see your passion. I'm very big on that in sports. And if you're just kind of like there, going through the motions, I just don't, I don't feel it. And that's what I love about sports is because you feel something, at least I do. Yul Moldauer does get excited like Sam Mikulak does, absolutely. But here's the thing, Yul has been in the game longer than Brody Malone. And Brody Malone absolutely blew him out of the water. Yes, Yul Moldauer got second, but he fought for that second place. He could have easily been third or fourth. 
So it's kind of like, let's let's step it up. And Yul was in Rio. He was an alternate for Rio. And he said, you know, in, in Rio, it was all fun and games. Now it's serious business. And I was like, okay, hold on. <laughs> uh, it should have been serious business your first Olympics, but okay, whatever. When you're an alternate, you're an alternate. But yes, so Shane Wiskus, also he fell off the high bar three times at the championships and kept getting back up. He was like, you know what, damn it, I'm going to finish this still. And he did. He could have just stopped his routine, accepted the insanely low score that would have been, not gotten placed, etc. But he kept going. And I just love that guy. So I will encourage all of you listeners to watch the male gymnastics this year. Sometimes I'm like, uh, it's you can avoid it <laughs> because we we just have not been this good, this well-rounded in a long time. But this year, I encourage you to watch it. So, moving on to the female gymnast. Now, of course, Simone Biles is on my list. Why else would she? <laughs> um, she said the other day because I watched an interview or like a little, you know, skit, if you will, with Glamour. And she was talking about common misconceptions about gymnasts, okay? And she said this, and I quote, and this quote, I had to pause the video and take a step back (laughs) for a second. She said, because they said, are you competitive, like naturally or in real life, you know, et cetera. That was kind of the question. And she said, you know, I'm actually not competitive. I just go in and I win. And it just kind of (laughs) happens. I was like, hold on. What? She doesn't even go in to win? She's like, I really don't care if I win. I'm not there for that. So that just shook me. Because she's the greatest of all time. And she's just like, yeah, I know I win. But I don't even intend to. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Grace McCallum is on my list because she easily could have been an alternate, but she did well in the all-around as she should have, although it was on the heels of Riley McCusker getting injured. That's why she is in this spot, in my opinion. Not only did she do well in the all-around, but the other person who would have been in that spot got injured. Now, if Riley McCusker did not get injured and did well in the all-around, she would be in that spot. But Grace McCallum is very underrated and she gets kind of swept away by Suni Lee because Suni Lee is just a little little bit better and a little bit more well-rounded. Grace McCallum is a little bit older, but I really think we are underestimating her. I'm not, but everyone else is. And I think she's going to absolutely show off during the Olympics. Then my third and final person is Jade Gary, vault specialist. So she's going in on that individual spot. I misspoke earlier. There are two individual spots, not one. Um, There is one for the men. So I got that flipped. Um, Jade Gary, vault specialist, world-class vaulter, but also can do all around if you ask her to. It's just not like her best thing. But if she had to, she could. So if Michaela Skinner gets hurt, and then all the alternates get hurt, <laughs> um, 
she could switch in. But if I had continued with gymnastics, I would do gymnastics like her. And I love how powerful she is, yet she's still artistic. It's the perfect combination. Okay, that is all I have for gymnastics. Now, I'm gonna move on to skateboarding. Do you have skateboarding on your list? I do have skateboarding on my list. Okay, so I only picked one male and one female just because there's, for those of you who don't know, because skateboarding is new, they have street skateboarding and park street skateboarding. So we have separate teams in Team USA for both. So who do you have? Uh, I am I am gonna butcher this poor man's name. He is a fantastic skater. He's actually the <laughs> number one skater in the world uh, from Team USA. I'm gonna go with Najad Houston. He is uh, he's an amazing skater. He is the winningest street skater in history. Um, and that's interesting. Uh, uh, skateboarding, uh, you know, largely started in the United States. And the number two best men's street skateboarder is uh, actually going to compete for Team Japan. Um, so that's just a little a little tidbit. Um, and he's actually the only person I had on my list because I read his resume of all his amazing uh, feats, and I was like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> this guy's this guy's my top athlete. Yeah, and for my top skateboarder, I have Jamie Foy, and. I believe he is street skate. I honestly didn't look that hard because to me, I didn't even know they were going to separate them. <laughs> but I guess it does it does count because at a skate park, you skate differently than if you're just on the street. Um, Absolutely. And I didn't really, until I read the roster, I was like, oh, oh, we're separate, okay. <laughs> so I kind of went back into my, video game head when I was playing Tony Hawk Underground when I was like, you know, <laughs> 11 or something. And I was like, okay, so we're doing it like that. I'm very excited to watch this. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm yeah. sick of waiting for the X Games. <laughs> I want it in the Olympics and it's finally here. Yeah, skateboarding and surfboarding are, are both in the categories where the U.S. has some really phenomenal athletes um, that I think everyone's going to be super excited to see. Yeah, and I don't know, I could be wrong, but I don't know if skateboarding is big in other countries as much as it is in the USA. Um, I know that Japan is probably the second biggest place. Oh, um, great, and we're going to Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, but outside of the US, I think, I think skateboarding is one of the sports where the popularity is not as large as, um, you know, something like diving or or tennis or you know something like that yeah and that's probably why it took so long to actually get into the olympics um and for women in skateboarding i have ariana carmona so i'm very like i said i'm very excited i can't say anymore because there's not really like stats in skateboarding not really there is some scoring i know there is but it just depends on how they do at that moment on that day um you can't really predict. That's the, kind of the same guidelines for snowboarding in the Winter Olympics. You just hope to God that they're gonna do that 540 or whatever. And you land it. Yeah, like if Sean White's there, I'm like, okay, where's my 1260? And then yeah. that's it. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it, are they going to land it or not is really 
all you can talk about. Um, but I guess that's also why they separated the two to make it a little more interesting. So moving on to surfing. Do you have surfing? I, I do have surfing. Another sport that I'm very excited to watch and I think it should have been in the Olympics years ago. What do you think? Uh, yeah, surfing is surfing is gonna gonna be just uh, amazing. Uh, the United States is in Hawaii specifically has a very rich history um, with surfing, and and we're gonna see some of the best athletes in the world come from the U.S. and and just show how dominant the U.S. is gonna be in this sport. Um, one interesting tidbit I did find is that the Tokyo Games will be the first time in an international competition where the United States and Hawaii will surf together. Uh, oh, historically, awesome. historically, since Hawaii is considered the birthplace of surfing, they have been in their own separate category at like world uh, surfing competitions. But this will be the first time that Hawaiian surfers and American mainland surfers will be under the same category um, at an international event. That is amazing. I didn't even know that. Um, also, because surfing is not broadcasted that much. and. If it is, it's on Hawaiian television, and we don't live in Hawaii, so um, it's going to be interesting to see it on the big screen. So I have for female, I have Caroline Marks for surfing, and I have Kolohe Adino, I think that's how you say it. So like I said, I don't really know. I think in surfing, it's the 1 through 10 scoring. I believe that's right. Obviously, if you wipe out, you're done. But um, that's really all I can say. It's about the amount of tricks that you do and how well you do them. So. Okay, so Caleb Dressel is one of the 53 people on the U.S. swimming roster this year. It is a huge uh, team that's going to make their way over to Tokyo. So he's from Florida um, and is, is a young upcoming star in the world of international swimming. Um, he kind of made headlines uh, back in 2019 when he broke a record set by Michael Phelps by winning the uh, by winning eight total medals in a world championship in South Korea. Uh, that record was previously held by Michael Phelps. Um, whether or not he'll be able to chase down some records that Phelps set in the Olympics are all yet to be seen. Um, and yeah, he, he's just a, a young, phenomenal swimmer on a very strong and historically dominant uh, U.S. Olympic swimming team. Absolutely. And just a total side little factoid, his dog's name is James. <laughs> I would never have known that. I just, you know, I, I saw the commercial and I was like, I'm going to mention that because I think this that's is, awesome. Does his dog have an Instagram? I love when like, celebrity I think it athletes does. have... Instagrams for their pets. I really think he does. <laughs> but yeah, the, the most important thing, if you get anything out of this, listeners, is that right there. So, <laughs> um, no, but yeah, he's been in multiple Olympics before. He is a retur- returning Olympian. Like you said, he's 24 years old. This is his second Olympics. He is competing in for this Olympics the 50 meter free, 100 meter free, and 100 meter butterfly, and up to four relay events in the semifinals for the 100 meter butterfly yeah that's it butterfly his time was 49.76 which is cutting it close to his world record of 49.50 
He has 13 world championships since his last Olympic appearance. That's incredible. Not just yeah. world world championships total, but in the space of four years, going from Rio to now, he got 13 world championships. <laughs> yeah, what, Katie what have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> Right. And Katie Ledecky makes him look like he's slacking a little bit. Katie Ledecky oh my God. has set 18 world championships herself. That woman. We'll get to her. Um. Yeah, I think, I think some people don't realize how much these athletes do in their, in their years off. Well, yeah, because they're like, oh, they just like train for the Olympics. They're in the pool all the time. Yeah, but they're also competing. Um, yeah. They, they have, you know, national and international competitions but anyway so he is in a great position to not only win gold but potentially break his own world record at tokyo so he already has two gold medals from the 4x100 meter freestyle relay and the 4x100 medley relay from the rio olympics i'm very excited for him i can't wait to watch him and he absolutely dominated at trials might I add. Um, my next person I have is Kiernan Smith. Do you have him? Um, I do not. Okay, so this is a newbie. It's his first Olympics. He qualified for three events, 200 meter free, 400 meter free, and 4 by 200 meter free relay. He is from <clears throat> Excuse me. He goes to the University of Florida. He qualified for his first Olympic event, which was the 400 meter free, with a time of three minutes and 44 seconds. Let's just talk about that. That's the amount of time it takes me to get in my car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and like start to drive. He swam 400 meters <laughs> in three minutes and 42 seconds just like incredible like i know it's kind of confusing in, in track and field and in swimming it's just based on time and some of the times you're like what does that even mean because they have four by 200 and 400 you're like what is th-? and but that's freaking fast and i think you can tell that <laughs> um and that was under his personal best no biggie just beating your own personal best at olympic trials um he had yet to meet the Olympic standard time until trials. So he just waited. He was like, why am I gonna, <laughs> why am I doing it earlier? I'll just do it at trials, fine. <laughs> um, the 200 meter free two nights later because swimming trials is spread out over multiple nights because of how many freaking races they do. God, they do a lot. Um, and you can qualify for as many as you want. He became the first member of this year's team to qualify in multiple events. Um, for a rookie. He's from Connecticut. And by the way, he's 21 years old and he's 6'5". <laughs> Just six a little... 6'5". That's a basketball Even player he... height. Off the top of your head, how tall is Phelps? I think he's like 6'3". He, he got, he's got like Phelps arms. He can wrap his arms all the way around himself. I'm going to say Michael Phelps is 6'3". Let's look that up. Hold on. 6'3 or 6'4. Yeah, Michael Phelps has an iconic picture of him like stretching before a race and he reaches around yes. and touches his hands together behind his back. Yes. Uh, and it's oh. just like, 
you can tell how huge his arms are. He's 6'4". Six 6'4"? Four. Six four. We're the same height. Um, you're 6'4". I am. I, I am. have potential to be Michael Phelps fan. Yeah, what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I, I need to go hit. I need to get myself a swim cap and hit the pool. Like, Adam, why are you even here? <laughs> you're supposed to be in Tokyo right now. Um, that's hilarious. So, my next person is Jake Mitchell. Do you have him? Mr. Mitchell is not on my list. Mr. Mitchell. <laughs> um, ranking second in the 400 meter free. He is only 19 years old and he qualified for a spot on the Olympic team. In order to do so, now this is actually kind of across sports. If you do really well at a world competition, that can actually qualify you for your Olympic spot. Fun fact. Um, so if you can't make it to trials or what have you, or you're, you are qualifying for a specific event, and your score or your time is good enough at Worlds, you can literally just transfer that over to the Olympics. So in order to do this, he had to swim in a pool by himself in an attempt to meet the Olympic standard. What the Olympic standard is, I'm not sure. They don't really release that. They just call it the Olympic standard. So he was a part of a team that won gold in the four by two, four by 200 free relay 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 at the 2018 junior world championships he is from indiana and he placed fourth in the 400 meter free at that meet so very young i mean not really but young for compared to everyone else um because you can swim really as long as you want that's one where age really does not matter i don't think yeah, uh, but he is significantly older than Katie Grimes. Yes. Who is on my list. And um, do you have any more males on your list or no? Uh, not that we didn't already talk about. Okay, so moving on to females. But before we talk, well, no, actually, let's talk about Grimes. Tell me about her. Okay, so she is the youngest swimmer for the Olympics, American Olympic team since 2012. That title was previously held by Katie Ledecky, who was also 15 at the time um, that she qualified to go to the Olympics in um, London. So this is not, uh, it is not common, but she is um, a outlier in, uh, in the current field of Olympic swimmers. Um, Katie Ledecky was 15 in 2012. That would make her, oh geez, I have to do math. 2012 and eight, she's like 23 or 24 now. Yeah, I think um, she's 24. Yeah, 24. Uh, but Katie Grimes is just uh, just amazing. I mean, at 15, she was given Katie Ledecky a, a run for her lunch money in the pool at trials. Um, and, you know, I don't have her times here, but, uh, the fact, I mean, that in and of itself is, is just quite simply amazing. Yeah, you don't really need the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're in the lane next to Katie Ledecky and you're actually not that far behind, that's all you need to say. <laughs> um, yeah. So I watched that. I don't remember which specific race it was because, like I said, swimmers can qualify for multiple events and Katie Ledecky has qualified for like five or something so i don't remember which one it was but 
Katie was next to her, Katie and Katie, mm-hmm. has to be like that, um, one and two. <laughs> and they finished, Katie Grimes qualified, 15 years old, big news story. They go over because after they swim or dive, whatever, they always go to the little sports media people. That would be our job, Adam. <laughs> that would be us. And we ask them, ask them questions and blah, blah, blah. Like, how do you feel after that race? You're 15 years old. And Katie Grimes was like, yeah, uh, I guess I did it. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, hello. <laughs> um, but Katie Ledecky was standing by her. And I thought that was really cool because they have kind of a, a cool friendship because, you know, Katie was where Katie was now. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of Katie Ledecky, let's move on to her. So, out of all of the returning Olympians, Ledecky will swim the most individual events in Tokyo after qualifying for the 200 meter, the 400 meter, the 800 meter, and the 1500 meter freestyle races. It's four races. And by the way, 1500 meters is freaking hard. <laughs> um, most everyone just gets really tired and gives up. That's why it's kind of hard to qualify for that, actually. So let's see. She's also going to compete in the 4x200 freestyle relay. She has been breaking world records since she was 16. And her momentum, by the way, has only increased. Like, let's just talk about that. The Simone Biles of the pool. (laughs) (laughs) This will be her third Olympics. Like Like we said, she's 24. She already has five gold medals and one silver. No biggie making her one of the most uh, decorated female swimmers of all time. She is expected to win plenty more and could become the first American woman to reach uh, 10 career gold medals. So, Adam, what do you have to say about her? Yeah, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but she's been very busy since Rio in 2016, winning 18 world gold medals. You know, she she never stops. she's just chugging along through through all these different things um and yeah i think i think the comparison between her and simone biles uh is is very very well put she just is uh, a leg above and you know everybody gets in the pool and they're like man i gotta swim against ledecky today that's gonna suck uh, yeah. she is gonna kick my butt and she is gonna take my lunch money <laughs> Yeah, and not only that, but now that Michael Phelps is retired, he was in the booth and he said that Katie Ledecky is one of the greatest swimmers. And that's coming from Michael Phelps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I think I think she's the face of, of U.S. swimming at this point. Not that you need... Any... Go ahead. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody else right now that can, that can hold that over her. No, and not that you need Michael Phelps' approval, but also he has 28 gold medals. It doesn't or, hurt. <laughs> uh, not gold. No, I think it's 28 medals total, not just gold medals. Um, I messed that up. But he he has kids now. He has three kids. I think he does very well in the booth, and I'm very happy to see him there. He is also a champion of mental health, and he is on commercials for Talkspace, just a little side note. So, yeah, Katie Ledecky will not disappoint. I have no doubt. So... And just other people say, she's the female Michael Phelps, but I'm like, let's just compare her to another female. <laughs> like, what? Let's just compare her to Simone Biles and just put it, yeah. So, yeah. 
my and, next uh, person. Go ahead. Okay, you got another one. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Where are you going? Where are you going to say? Oh, I was going to say with all these with all these Olympians, uh, these amazing swimmers. Um, if together they can find a way to win just four gold medals at this game, that'll push the U.S. swimming Olympic team over the 250 gold medal mark for their uh, collective team history. No biggie. We are currently leading the world in international history with 556 medals. That's all different kinds, bronze, silver, gold. And uh, we could break 250 gold medals if we just get four more uh, gold medals at this game. Absolutely. And also, swimming is one of those sports because you can qualify for so many events that give us the amount of medals that we have. Um, so any athletes, if you're listening, do not disappoint. <laughs> um, get it together. No, but just a little thing that I saw on NBC Olympics. The top four states represented by Team USA, California with 126 athletes, Florida with 51, Colorado with 34, and Texas with 31. Wow. I did not know where we were on the list. <laughs> I knew I guess... we had quite a few gymnasts. Yes, we do. That is true. But I was like, well, I, guess, I know Texas is big, but out of all of the state, I guess so. But yeah. Um, and I also read this. I don't remember the exact number, but we have more female athletes than male going into Team USA for this Olympics, which is very interesting. I did not know that. Um, That's the, awesome. the number The number's like 100 plus. Like, it's a big, big gap. So it's very interesting to see, you know, why that is and how athletics is changing. And yeah, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so the there next was person- one swimmer I missed that I don't want to make sure, I'm going to make sure we hit him. Uh, Ryan Murphy. Oh, yes. We, we skipped over him. He is, uh, he now has reached the veteran status on Team USA. He, he got that for this year's Olympics and he uh, had uh, won three gold medals in Rio in 2016. Yeah, I was gonna mention him, but I was kind of like, eh, I don't remember. Because he competes with, with Caleb Dressel and I am more of a Dressel fan than I am a Ryan Murphy fan, but I love them both. But yeah. Um, I am glad you mentioned him mentioned him because I, I did not. <laughs> um, let's see. Two other swimmers I have that are female. Simone Manuel. Okay. She already has four gold medals. Or, I always say gold. Four medals, two silver, and two gold from Rio. Okay. With her 100-meter gold medal, Manuel became the first African-American woman to win gold in an individual swimming event. But at trials, she did not qualify. Now, I watched that race. She was tied in my head for third place because her and the other chick who did qualify, who I forgot her name, they hit the wall at the same time. Really, they really did. In real time, you're looking, you're like, how are you, how are you gonna decide? In that race, one, two, and three qualify. It's different for each race. Sometimes you can just go one and two, one, two, three, maybe four, sometimes five. So she hits the wall and they replay it in slow-mo. And you can tell that Simone Manuel 
I think, hit the wall first. But the officials gave it to the other chick. And I heavily disagree with that. <laughs> but she did make uh, make trials in another event, so that's okay. But she has had overtraining syndrome, which I did not know there was an actual term for that. In build-up to the competition, she bounced back to win the 50-meter free, which is actually harder because you have less time to, you know, finish and you have to be good from the moment you jump off. She won that by 0.01 seconds in the final night of trials to secure a spot in her second Olympic Games. So, you know, some pressure there. <laughs> Fractions of an inch. Yeah, this is like this is like gymnastic scoring, where we have we're like two tenths off or whatever. Um, my last person for swimming is Lily King. She is one of my favorite swimmers. She specializes in breaststroke, and she's hoping to add another gold. In my last episode, I talked about the alter not altercation, but the um, intensity that there was between her and a Russian swimmer at the last Olympics. <laughs> And please go look that up. Lily King, Russian, Rio. And it'll come up. Um, nothing happened, but it was just good TV, honestly. <laughs> um, she qualified for the 100 meter and the 200 meter breast, two events that she also competed in in Rio. That year, she won gold in the 100 meter breast and the 4x100 meter medley. She came in 12th in the 200 meter breast for the 2016 games. Her performance in trials was two minutes and 21 seconds. So it does actually show you promise for the Olympics this year. But the thing is, I also want to say it's incredibly hard just to get to trials in swimming, in all sports, but especially swimming. And these swimmers are freaking fast, man. Like she, she was in 12th place and she was still faster than I could ever swim. <laughs> you know, like, uh, oh my God. So even, you know, last place or the slowest is still really fast is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, so that's all for swimming. Am I correct on that? That's all I have. Okay. Um, definitely want to make sure you are either watching live or have recorded. Yes, and um, just a shout out to Ralph Lauren having the most iconic uniforms ever. <laughs> I love them. So we're gonna look great in the opening ceremonies. Love that. Do you, uh, I don't, I have not seen it publicized anywhere, but do you have any predictions on who's gonna carry Team USA's flag? You know what, I don't know. Out at the opening? I never I know because- predict Simone Biles, but but know. also they the flag is like so much bigger than her. <laughs> um, they are really big. She's only four nine. Okay. They'd so, have to give her a small pole, otherwise it would be like too big. Anyway. Um, no, but I don't. It's rarely ever a gymnast. I've noticed. Um, it's always random sports. Swimmers, yeah. basketball, archery. You know, it's just that's why I can never predict it because they pick from literally the whole pool. It's not just, oh, it's gonna be the best in all, you know. It can be a random person, we don't know. Um, and it's, like I said, every Olympics, it's different. So I really have no clue. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, that's right. Um, moving on to diving. Do you have diving? I do have diving. Okay. Who do you have? So uh, Tyler Downs is one of the guys on my list, or one of the men on my list. Uh, and Andrew Copen- Copenago. I totally butchered that. Is it, is it Capo Bianco? Oh, yeah, dude. Okay, that was terrible. That was funny. Andrew Capo Bianco. So it has uh, my name in there. My... Yeah. Uh, oh, man, I totally embarrassed myself on that one. Uh, and then <laughs> um, those are the guys I have. And then Christina, uh, uh, Christina Young and... Yeah, Christina Young. Those are the three I have. So I have Jordan Wendell, Tyler Downs as well, also Andrew Capobianco, Jessica Parado, and Krista Palmer, and Allison Gibson. So let's go over Tyler Downs first. What do you have about him? Uh, so he's the youngest U.S. diver um, that's going to be traveling to Tokyo this year. He's actually going to be turning 18 just four days before the Olympics start on July 19th. Uh, so he's there right now, and he's not even uh, legally an adult in the United States. Um, so very young, very young guy, um, and uh, just a, a phenomenal diver. Um, if we want to talk about what he's done, uh, Downs had a silver medal, silver silver medal in uh, the 2018 World Junior Championships, and is a six-time uh, junior national champion. Um, so he uh, is no stranger to the diving board. Absolutely, and he is the youngest diver in Team USA for Tokyo. Um, so he jumped from fourth to first in Olympic trials at the final night. He finished, now, like I said, diving is scored much different than swimming is and really anything. They just add up all of the points of your dives. So he, he finished with 1,333 points. He defeated David Bodaya. Let's just talk about that. <laughs> David Bodaya is one of the best Olympic divers I've ever seen. And he was just beat by Tyler Downs. And Bodaya had been in first after the prelims and the semifinals. So just in on the final night, Tyler Downs defeated him. So it's pretty incredible and shows that anything can happen even to a veteran. So Bodaya didn't make the team. Hello? Like, that that was shocking to me. I was for sure he was going to make it. But nope. So, as tradition, he gave one of his Olympic rings to Tyler Downs. Because that's what you do. It's a a tradition for Olympic divers to give rings to the new Olympians, who will give them back once they get their own. Now, I bet it's really awkward if you don't get a ring. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, hey... Here's this. I didn't get anything. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Downs also placed fifth in the men's platform. There's a difference. Platform and springboard. Obviously, platform does not move. And springboard bounces. He is the 2018 World Junior Silver Medalist on a one meter. 
And the 2019 Junior Pan American Championships, he won two gold and two bronze. He is also a six-time individual junior national champion. That is some stats right there. So I'm excited. I'm excited for him. Moving on to Andrew Capobianco with the best last name I've ever heard. (laughs) Um, He's only 21. He was the 2012 NCAA champion for Indiana University, which is where they um, hold trials because they have this massive diving board and and platform. So massive natatorium, which is actually incredibly rare because there's not a lot of places in the U.S. that have natatoriums, really, like like that, like Olympic level. So. He had never tried synchro diving until he got into college, and he was paired up with Mike Hickson, who was the reigning Olympic silver medalist. And at the World Cup in Tokyo, they earned the Olympic quota spot by placing fourth. He had a back injury, and it has been bothering him, but he climbed from sixth place in the individual final to second and nailed his new dive, which is a uh, 207C, which is a back three and a half somersault tuck. He finished with 1,319 points to edge the three time Olympian David Bodaya by 4.45 points. So that is a little bit about him. And he's doing ridiculously hard dives, and he needs to be careful because we don't, I don't really know about alternates in other sports other than gymnastics. But I'm sure if he gets hurt, David Bodaya will gladly fly to Tokyo. But um, <laughs> what do you have about him? Uh, you you hit all the, the high notes um, uh, that I had for him already. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we were doing pretty well before that. Um, okay, I have... Oh, I have Jordan Wendell. Okay. I watched this guy on diving trials. Like I said, it does span through multiple nights. Um, He was born in Cambodia. He was adopted when he was 18 months old. And he was coached by Matt Scoggin, former Olympian, at the University of Texas. Oh, cool. Um, We have a lot of people from Texas on the diving team, especially UT. So I did not know that is like an epicenter for diving. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Wendell was first on the one meter at the 2021 NCAA championships, second on the three meter, and fourth on platform. He was the 10 meter champion in 2019. So he opened the final with a ridiculous score of 96 points on an inward three-and-a-half somersault, somersault, <laughs> somersault tuck, and he finished with 1,401 points. So, moving on to the females. And I didn't, well, yeah, wait, I think I did, hold on. No, I didn't. I didn't include synchronized diving because most of these people are that the individuals, they compete individually, and then they go and do synchro with another diver. So, yeah. uh, most of the time, you don't have to do individual, but you know, it's not either or. But if you want to do your individual thing and then go synchro, you can. So, Jessica Parato, she's 27. 
another sport that age does not matter. I mean, to clarify, age doesn't matter in any sport. And if you are capable enough to do it, you can do it. And if you believe you can do it, you can do it. But usually (laughs) for Olympians, when you're training every single day of your life, your body gets really tired of that. So that's why most people retire after the Olympics. And it's amazing to see these people keep going for, you know, their third Olympics, their fourth Olympics, etc. It's just insane. But yeah, so <clears throat> this is her second straight Olympic team, but with different partners for Synchro. So in the final, they held off Katrina Young and Murphy Bromberg. 930 points to 888 points. Parato also competed in the individual event in Rio, placing 10th, and she was a member of three world championship teams. And then she won at trials in 2016 in the individual platform, and she placed fourth in the Tokyo 2020 trials. Then, Krista Palmer. She has competed in two world championships and was the only American female diver at trials who attempted to do a 515, wait, no. Let's see. 5154B on her individual list. Now what that is, that's a forward two and a half somersaults with two twists. It's more common for women to do only one twist. And it earned her 81.60 points in the finals to give her a commanding total of 1,011 points. And that put her on par with the top international divers. So that's huge. And if she competes that dive at the Olympics and does well, ooh, honey, here comes the gold. So she's from Carson City, Nevada. She finished ninth in the 2016 Olympic trials on the individual 10 meter platform and fourth in the synchronized um, platform at that time. So my last person is Allison Gibson. So she is a freshman at the University of Texas. She won the first event and she, uh, wait, no, she won the first event she contested at at the NCAA championships, becoming the Longhurst. Longhorn's first female NCAA diving champion in 10 years. She competed in the 2017 and 2019 World Championships at the request of Palmer, who I just mentioned, her synchro partner. She performs that difficult dive that I just said, and they perform it together, i.e. synchro diving, i.e. bring hold the gold. If both of them do it and do really well, are you kidding me? Ah, anyway, so that's all I have for my sports. Do you have any more sports that I did not mention, like track and field or anything? Uh, I do not. Not that I had ready for this episode, um, but uh, I know I'm going to be glued to all kinds of stuff. Um, yes. be watching it. I'm going to be watching it all. Absolutely. And I the reason why I didn't do track and field is because it's honestly kind of like skateboarding. You just hope they run fast. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. But one thing I do want to go over before we sign off here is, let's see, one moment.
I'm going to talk about the Olympic schedule. Now, the Olympics are a span of two weeks, two to three weeks, um, if events go long. But, so, opening ceremonies are on July 23rd, okay? I'm not going to go into times, I'm just going to do days, because that's easier, and I don't know what time zone all of you are in. Um, Three-on-three basketball for women is going to be the 24th through the 28th. Archery is going to be the 23rd through the 31st. Now that is including men and women's and mixed and all of that. Gymnastics, this is a little complicated, really starts on the 21st, which is before the opening ceremonies, and goes all the way to August 3rd, because we're starting with, excuse me, team events and all that jazz. And the meddling part, they do the medals for certain events on different days. So on August 3rd, the medal events are going to be the parallel bars, the horizontal bar for the men, and then the women's balance beam. The day before that is men's rings, men's vaults, and women's floor. They don't do all around competitions in one day because if they did, that would change the game. And so they spread everything out to make to make it longer, to make it more enjoyable. That's just how the Olympics is. So really they don't, they do the team medals pretty much first, but then all the individual stuff comes afterward. And that includes for other sports as well. So you may think, why are they starting so early? It's because the meddling is actually spread out over a course of days. So in artistic swimming, they actually don't start until August 2nd. They finish on August 7th. Athletics, July 30th to August 8th. Badminton, which I would be so good at. I am good at it. I don't know why I'm not on the Olympic team. Um, <laughs> uh, play badminton with me, Adam. Uh, if they ever add pickleball, I'll be there. Really? You're good at that? <laughs> <laughs> Comparatively. Um, better than my friends. Okay. Um, badminton starts on July 24th, ends on August 2nd. Baseball and softball start on the 21st, end on August 7th. That's a long-ass time for that because baseball and softball are long. (laughs) Um, Basketball is the 25th to the 8th. Beach volleyball, the 24th to the 7th. Boxing, the 24th to the 8th. The rafting canoe, 25th to the 30th. Canoe sprint, did not know that what it was called. Um, The 2nd to the 8th. BMX style racing, the 29th and 30th. BMX freestyle, 31st and 1st. Mountain bike cycling, 26th and 27th of July. Road cycling, 24th through 28th. Track cycling, the 2nd through the 8th. Diving, 25th through the 7th. Equestrian, the 23rd through the 7th. Fencing, the 24th through the 1st. I actually haven't watched fencing ever. I kind of want to watch it now. (laughs) Um, Soccer, the 21st through the 7th. Golf, 29th through the 7th. 
Handball, which I will never watch ever. <laughs> I love handball. Handball is no. actually one of my favorite, like under underrated sports. I just can't. I just can't get into it. I'm like, what am I watching? I just, <laughs> um, but you know, if you like it, you like it. 24th of July to August 8th, so they are like doing it literally every day. Um, oh yeah. Cause some, I know I'm saying these these dates and these time gaps but most of them may have like one day um, in the middle where they break or two days. <clears throat> but hockey, I don't know if that's street hockey or ice hockey. Field hockey. Field hockey. Um, field hockey, the 24th through the 6th. Judo, the 24th through the 31st. Karate is way at the end, the 5th through the 7th. Marathon swimming is only the fourth and fifth. Um, rhythmic gymnastics is the sixth through the eighth. Rowing is the 23rd through the 31st. Rugby, <clears throat> the 26th through the first. Sailing, the 25th through the fourth. Shooting, which also is very hard in my, in my eyes during the Olympics. Maybe it's just because I watched the biathlon in the winter too much. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. But yeah, um, the 23rd through the 2nd. Skateboarding, now this is a little weird. We have skateboarding, men's street and women's street, 25th and 26th. Then they do the park events on the 4th and the 5th. So that's how they're separating it. So there's a long gap in between that. In sport climbing, the third and the to the sixth. Surfing is the 25th to the first. I'm literally going to be glued to my TV. <laughs> I will. I'm I not going to move. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to need like a DoorDash to bring me food and to, yeah. I'm going to be locked in. Swimming. Now, honestly, swimming is one of the most entertaining because they don't have any breaks at all. They just, they get there. And then the next day, on the 24th, they start, and they go all the way until August 1st. There's no break. At all. <laughs> Even gymnastics has a break. Are you kidding me? That's what makes it so good. And that's what makes it like, I can't miss anything, you know? Um, Taekwondo, the 24th through 27th. Table tennis, which I also love to watch, 24th through the 6th. That shit is insane. Have you watched that? Table tennis? Yes. Dude, like... They go hardcore. I have never seen so much coordination in my life. (laughs) I play table tennis with my friends and I whiff pretty much every third ball. And I'm like, how do they do (laughs) that? Like, I, I love table tennis. I really do. And I am very competitive. But compared to these people... I've never, I, I see some people actually at UNT in the rec center and they're like on the team for table tennis and it's insane how fast they go. I can't even keep up, but yeah. So that's just one where I'm like, now I don't know. I've never watched it on TV. I've always watched it in real life, but yeah. The, the Olympic table tennis is, is just insane. I mean, it's just, it's mind-numbing how quickly they can move. Yeah, and like, honestly, I know once a point is made, they set up 
pretty quickly again, I would have yeah. trouble keeping score. <laughs> Be like, wait, who did what? I'm sorry. But yeah, instant replay, please. Anyway, um, tennis, the 24th through the 1st. Trampoline gymnastics, which I also love. Saw that in real life. That was really cool. Um, the 29th through the 31st. Triathlon is the 26th and 27th. Then we have a break until the 31st. Volleyball is the whole damn time. <laughs> yep. It's the 24th through the 8th. No breaks. But then again, it is volleyball. <laughs> um, same thing with water polo. Same schedule. I never understand. I will never understand who invented water polo, why it's a thing. I just can't get into it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's quite violent. Don't uh, ever have to swim into a game. Yeah, like... You might drown. It's just like, it's very intense and it's too intense. I feel like that should not be intense. Maybe that's they it. have They have cameras that they mount on rails at the bottom of the pool and they'll shoot like toward the surface, they'll shoot the camera. And you can see like people like kicking other athletes in the pool to get an open lane to shoot from. Yeah, like you could die. It's kind of like <laughs> MMA in the water with a ball. I saw, I don't know if you were following, I saw on social media, I saw, what is it? Torpedo football or something? Oh my goodness, I have not heard of this, no. Okay, so it's like football in the water. But okay, they only do it underwater. So oh. the net is actually at the bottom of the pool. And I've seen that. They go under, they score, and then they go up. So, yeah. Yes. I was like, oh. I, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, again, you, you could die. But anyway. Um, weightlifting, 24th through the 28th. Little break. 31st through the 4th. And then finally, wrestling, the 1st through the 7th. Whew, that was a lot. <laughs> but if you were wondering about the schedule, which I'm sure you were, because most people don't know the Olympic schedule. I hope you know now. So, this is Sportify. Adam, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and I will definitely have you again, especially once the Olympics get started, which is about seven days away. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. It'll oh be great. God. Go Team USA. Now, like, I'm not happy that no fans are in the stands. I'm not happy that about stinks. that. stinks. I'm really upset. <laughs> like, I'm still going to be watching it on TV, at, even if there were fans in the stands. But it just, it creates the Olympic atmosphere. And like, are they going to put in crowd noise? Like, what are they going to do? Probably. It'll probably be similar to the, what all the major sports leagues around the world did. Probably fake crowd noise at a predetermined decibel. I have to have something. I, I must yeah. say that. Can't be just yeah. silence. No, no. I know that's what the I know that that's what the NFL did. They uh, yes. took audio clips that they had recorded in previous games and played them. So, you know, they could always just take sound bites from Rio or, or London, and you know, they'll shoot the gun off for the swimmers. Then it's fake crowd noise from Rio 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine like who got hired for that job specifically. <laughs> um, hey, if they offered me that job, I'd, I'd go. Oh my god, I'd go. Yes. Um, sound yes. But anyway, okay. So that is it for this episode. Please go catch up on our other episodes and follow me on Instagram, podcast underscore Sportify, all lowercase. 
and I will be back once the Olympics starts, which is very soon. I don't know how I'm going to do it just yet, but I will determine that the day of. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye, Adam. Goodbye. Thank you.